Hello, everyone, and welcome to the A2 Life Podcast with James Oney, the Minister of Education and Discipleship at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. I'm your host, Chase Falk, and our desire through this podcast is to equip and encourage people to fulfill the Great Commission by focusing on a lifestyle centered in Acts chapter 2. James, how you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good as well. We are on our A2 Life podcast today talking about discipleship, and it's been a conversation that we've had uh, centered in the context of race in the kingdom, and we have a special guest yes. with us today. We've had a few guests, James, the last few times. Yeah. Your wife has been here. She is very special. Yeah. Your 13-year-old son, Caleb, has been with us. That's right. But today... We have what's known around here, or to one person in particular, yeah. the man, the myth, the legend, or Pops with That's us, right. <laughs> our pastor, Ray Jones. Pastor, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks, guys. We're excited to have you on the A2 Life podcast, Pastor. And as we think about this podcast, from the very beginning, we're talking about discipleship and what that looks like and really living that out in our daily life. And we go back to Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. And Pastor, I remember a moment as a teenager sitting in the worship center. I can remember where I was, and it was just like one of those moments that you were preaching specific, uh, on something as far as the church and what the church looks like in the New Testament. And you brought this passage out, Acts 2, 42 through 47, and you talked about how it had impacted your life when you think about just the direction God was leading the church and the thought of discipleship. So just share just for a moment your heart on discipleship and that specific passage. Well, I, I don't think there's a more descriptive passage in the New Testament in terms of what the church looks like, and we see that course of the early church and how it uh, came together um, and and I think it had a profound effect on me I've preached on it many times over the years but it had a profound effect on me as well um, guys when I when I really digested that and even as a as a teenager myself uh, Chase that was a very uh, powerful passage because it helped me begin to understand what does the, the the kingdom look like when it's manifest through the people of the kingdom and, uh, you know, there's, the passage is so powerful because it, it really incorporates what, what we're all about. I mean, you see fellowship there. Uh, you see discipleship there. You know, they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. Uh, the, the apostles uh, had this raw crop of new believers. And when we say new believers, they're new believers off the charts because there had been no history of real what we would call uh, uh, church believers and so they're investing in them discipling them so you see fellowship you see discipleship uh, you see worship uh, there and and we see them gathering you know I guess that's an element of the both worship and the fellowship uh, we see the components of what made the church expand then and frankly you can't improve on the formula of that passage and that's why it's so powerful I think still to this day and is such a good model for us you know James when we think about the context of what we've just heard in discipleship and what we've been talking about race in the kingdom one of the things that it says that the apostles or the the early church did here was they devoted themselves to prayer mm -hmm. and we've been in this conversation about uh, the impact of race and kind of studying and looking back over history and kind of how we got to where we are today contextually kind of getting there and we're moving to a place where we really want to talk about solution what do we do how does the church move in the current climate that we're in when it comes to dealing with uh, race and we've talked a lot about 
the understanding of race and the kingdom and the way the kingdom, looking at things through the lens yeah. of the kingdom and centering it in scripture and, and those kind of things. But I know today, as we think again about that devotion to prayer, we want to talk about one main solution. And so start us thinking about that solution. Yeah, you know, um, I read a book many years ago by E.M. Bounds. E.M. Um, e. Bounds written 12 books, I believe, and nine of them was on prayer. Um, uh, one in particular that I read was uh, The Power Through Prayer. Pastor, no, he probably read all of them, you know, and everything. But um, The Power Through Prayer, he had necessity of prayer and so forth. But it was a great book. He said this, and I, and I quote, God shapes the world by prayer. I thought that was a very mm-hmm. interesting uh, quote right there because when you look at the many great revivals, they were results of prayer. And so uh, as believers, and, you know, we are, this uh, podcast is geared, this particular series is geared toward believers. So as believers, one of the solutions, I believe, uh, how we can achieve what, you know, this race of the kingdom, in a sense, looks like, uh, I think it begins with prayer. It should begin with prayer. So, Pastor, as you think about that thought, help us a little bit understand more of the power of prayer, the role that that plays, and speak to the context of dealing with the current climate that we are in when it comes to yeah. race and those things in our country? Well, you, you boil, you've got to boil prayer down to its essential, and that is prayer is conversation with God. And I say that for a reason. There's a lot of conversation going on right now because of the social unrest and those sorts of things. And I don't, uh, I don't think we need to neglect dialogue. That's not what I'm saying. But, but it's interesting, even for believers, that sometimes we talk about prayer, we just don't pray. And we talk about it being a solution, we just don't do it. And we end up spending a lot of time in dialogue with each other when we don't spend much time in dialogue with the Father. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And so uh, while we need to talk with each other about all of these things and have a biblical perspective on these things, there's nothing more powerful than talking to God. Y'all have heard me say it recently, our staff and even to our congregation, uh, Jesus really is the answer. Mm-hmm. He's the answer to the social unrest. He's the answer to racism. He is the answer to any of the, the COVID-19. He, Jesus is the answer, ultimately, in turning our hearts toward him. And prayer is a unifying force for the people of God to seek him uh, and, and uh, to come together. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to be doing a series. We've already had one prayer summit that involved the matters of social unrest as well as COVID and those sorts of things. That's going to be a theme for three more prayer gatherings here at Ridgecrest. We really do believe prayer is the way we connect with God about the issues that we're trying to all have wisdom and to, to manage. Mm-hmm. And so um, it is a powerful force because... It connects us to God, and it connects us to one another and God. Mm-hmm. That's why um, uh, Jesus said, if two or more of you agree, what's he talking about? He's, he's talking about a, a kind of corporate prayer mm-hmm. where the believers assemble, and there's something. You know, believers can have a lot of differences of opinion, but when you honestly come together and seek God, it's amazing how unified suddenly all the ideas and all the opinions suddenly meld into this one thing. we got to find out what God wants. So it's very powerful. Speak now to, and both of you can jump into this, but 
um, maybe James Stardust, but what speak to a time in your life where you really experienced the power of prayer and God working in that uh, that spe- specific situation? I know um, uh, I was uh, back home. It was oh my goodness, it was maybe two thousand two. Um, and I was, uh, uh, had to preach one day and, and, uh, I was going through some things cause I'm getting ready to marry my wife, you know, uh, Chantel and, and, um, I had no job and I, I was searching and searching and, um, uh, I'm not going to go into all the details, but I was just searching and searching, couldn't find no, no job. And I, I heard God specifically tell me, he said, I want you to just go to the church and just work there, just work. I mean, for free. I did it for a year. I was, you know, but I still on the side still trying to find a job, you know, <laughs> and uh, but I was just, you know, I was like, God, I, you know, I'm I'm struggling, and and it was at a time my wife, she was, uh, well, then fiance, and my mom, and and one of my friends was like, you need a job, and I was like, I know, I'm <laughs> I'm trying, you know, and and I was struggling, and uh, and I ended up just, and Panama said, I just drove, I just got in the car and I just drove, and. And I was, I was, I drove all around uh, the beach and everything. Just and then I was coming back, and I started to get shortness of breath. I have asthma, so I was like, okay, I can't breathe. I need to get to the house. I need to take my machine, you know. And so I, uh, I'm getting there, and I'm trying to funnel getting this, this uh, stuff together. And as I begin to just getting ready to take the first inhale, I hear so clearly because I'm, I was praying the whole entire time to God. I was like, God, I need you. I need you. I need you to speak to me. And he says, you're focusing on the problem instead of the problem solver. And it was, I mean, it wasn't like a, I mean, it was like a, I would say like a little whisper. I mean, right. it was just something that God has done. And, I, and to that day, I, I would never forget it. And, and, and that launched my uh, just, man, God, you heard me. You know, mm. Right, moment. that's good. Pastor? Well, I, gosh, I'm sitting here thinking, which stories do I tell? <laughs> uh, I, I have one as recent as this week where I won't go into the details of it because it's a, it's a personal, but uh, a matter that I'd been seeking the Lord on and uh, suffice to say, that, and, and tell my wife, I said, I'm gonna ask God to do a miracle uh, because if he doesn't do a miracle, uh, this particular thing will happen. And so for about three weeks, and this, this began about three weeks ago, and uh, so I started praying, <laughs> I said, God, I, I need you to do a miracle right here in this particular matter. Not one life or death or anything like that, but right. it was a thing that if it were going to happen, it would it would genuinely, I'd have to say, would be a miracle uh, move of God. Mm-hmm. So I've been praying that for about three weeks. And uh, uh, and so I, I was talking with a guy on Monday. He called me. This is a process of things. And, he's, and I, I was waiting for the p- possibility. I said, because he hasn't called, my guess is that this, is, this isn't going to happen. But I kept praying. I, as early as Monday when I knew he was going to call, we are going to have a, 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 a phone meeting. And um, I, I told the Lord, Lord, you know, I need, need you to do a miracle here. But because I hadn't heard, I thought, it's no, you know, this guy, the news he's going to bring, he's dodging me. Mm-hmm. The news he's going to bring something. When I talked to him, just like that, he said, "Okay." So he said, "It's all done," and <laughs> um, and he said, "Here's here's what we're going to do," and and I said, uh, "Oh, I, I was really hoping we would do this," and he said, "Oh, is that what you want to do?" 
He said, we'll do that. <laughs> and uh, and so um, I just, uh, you know, when I hung up, I thought, Lord, you, you did it. If I told you the whole story, you'd, you'd understand why I said it was a, uh, a miraculous, prayerful work of God. So um, and that's just this week, right. you know. I've got I've got so many things over the years where I've watched God just step in and and do uh, do something. Now, let me give you one more quick one to to show because I want our audience to understand the, the the power of prayer. And by the way, really, you could say anytime God answers your your prayer that you've been, it is a miracle, really, mm-hmm. in some way. Um, but um, years ago, my dad he is in heaven now, but. I received a call from my sister. I was uh, uh, serving in the Lord down in Clearwater, Florida, and I, w- I received a call from my sister. My dad had COPD, and she said, you probably need to get home. Uh, dad is uh, in Birmingham. Dad has uh, been taken to the emergency room. He's in ICU. They don't expect him to make it. Uh, I said, uh, great. I said, I'll try to get there as soon as I can. And so I, I was in my car. I was headed. I had to make a visit to a uh, person. I was headed there. I began to pray, Lord. Um, and by the way, sometimes we make prayer way too complicated. Mm-hmm. And I just pray a simple prayer. Uh, you can probably figure out what it is. Lord, heal my dad. Lord, I ask you to heal my dad. And uh, for some reason, I looked down my watch when I did that and just happened to notice what time it was. But I, I was praying, and I prayed for, uh, I don't know, two or three minutes in my car. Lord, I, I step in, intervene, heal my dad. Well, uh, after about two or three minutes of it, I, uh, by the way, I heard a little gentle whisper in my heart say, it's done. But I kept praying. I kept praying, Lord, heal. But suddenly, I noticed something. I felt like, why can't I pray? I'm, I'm <laughs> saying these words, but there's no, no, you know, uh, nothing behind them. It's like, and then I started thinking, well, God, I, I ought to be able to pray a little harder for my dad. Hmm. Well, at any rate, within the hour, my sister calls me back and she says, you're not going to believe this. And I said, instinct, I said, God healed him. <laughs> She said, yeah. She said, he's sitting up in the bed. They're going to release him. They're discharging him. He's, he's going home. And I said, what time did that happen? Right. And she told me the time. And I remember that's exactly when I looked down at my watch and the Lord had said, it's done. <laughs> and I said, I, she said, but how did you know? I said, the Lord told me. And he told me exactly at that time. That's good. So, uh, and I've got others. You do too. All of you do. But it just reminds us, and sometimes it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. A simple prayer. That's good. You know, uh, but there's great power there. And it, whether it's praying for someone, praying about something, you know, all of those are important. Uh, and um, and and the great thing is, the more we pray, the more we get to see the hand of God move. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. As we get close to wrapping up in just a few minutes, I say let's take a little bit time at the end and, and Pastor, speak first to this. What would you encourage us as believers right now to be praying? What should we be asking God for in the midst of uh, some of the social unrest when it comes to race, um, co- the context of the race things that are happening in our country? I think the first thing we've got to do, Chase and James, I think we have to begin with us. Yeah, that's good. You know, um, 
it is easy for all of us to look out and say, look at them. <laughs> look what they're doing. And we all know that there's a whole lot of junk going on out there right now. Mm-hmm. And regardless of where a person stands on uh, what's too much, what needs to take place, the first place to start is with us. Yeah, that's really good. You know, that we need to be praying. I need to get before God and say, God, make sure I'm you know, it, rather than casting the beam out of my brother's eye, mm-hmm. Lord, are there any beams sticking out of my eyes that I need? Lord, is there any, for example, racism in my heart right. that I need to deal with? Uh, Lord, is there any any hostility? But Lord, is there just any sin in my life that I need to deal with? Mm-hmm. For me to pray effectively, I need to start with me. For me to pray for my culture, I need to be in a posture where I feel like I have confidence before God because I myself are, I have dealt with things in, in my life. And by the way, it's not a one-time deal. Right. So I think, uh, Chase, that we start there. We look inside before we concentrate on looking outside. And when we look inside and we can say, you know what, uh, if nothing else— I, it's caused me to be introspective and examine myself. Um, and then I can pray better or more accurately, I believe, about what's going on out there. What's going on out there, by the way, I never am shocked when people that don't know Christ act like they don't know Christ. Right. Whether they confess it or not, I, I'm never surprised at that. But my first place is here. So I, my, my encouragement will be start with you. You know, before you start with them. That's good. And then, uh, secondly, stay in the Word of God. You're not going to go wrong if you stay in the Word of God. And what you will do, as I fully believe, is you'll know how to pray truth. Mm. That's really good. What our culture needs right now is a huge dose of truth. Yes, sir. What we're getting is on all different. spheres we're getting a lot of opinion mm-hmm. what we need is truth yeah. but i believe there is truth the truth and i believe that truth is found in the word of god so if i'm staying in the word of god and i am familiar with the truth of god it is going to affect the way i pray for my culture yes. and for what's going on and the people in my culture and it's probably going to temper my own attitude uh, and help me love even what I may not like at times, mm-hmm. love the people. So I think that that's a starting place for us. Uh, I think we need to be praying together corporately, yeah. which is, as you guys know, one of the reasons we have set these prayer summits aside right. uh, is, uh, uh, is to unify ourselves in prayer. But, but prayer and staying in the Word, because that will be the guard that prevents us from praying our prejudices. Mm. Does that make sense? That makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And so that's what I need. Otherwise, I'm going to take my opinions and I'm going to try to sacramentalize them in prayer mm. and staking, <laughs> instead of taking the truth yeah. and praying the truth of God. That's good. James, as you think of this thought and this emphasis of prayer, let's wrap up with this before we go to the closing thoughts. Um, What would you say to encourage someone today that prayer is just not something that 
comes natural for them. Like the, the thought of prayer is just something that they've struggled with. They don't understand. How do I, where do I begin? How do I do that? And if we really want to think about this being a solution and the major solution to begin our um, issue as we've talked about race in the kingdom, what would you encourage someone as they're starting this process of starting with themselves and then praying for their, the culture? How do they begin? Yeah, you know, I um, I think Pastor said it well when he said uh, uh, scripture. You know, I, I, I pray scripture, you know, a lot of times. As, as I'm reading through, I pray these particular things. Mm-hmm. Psalms is a great way to start out. Um, I mean, you, you can see what David has been through and, and, and some of the nuances there and, and just being able to pray those particular um, uh, uh, writings that he had pinned down. Um, I think we can start there. I, I, you know, with me, I'm always let's start with the word of God, That's you good. know, and um, and I think that is a, a, a key way to to be able to express, you know, um, if you don't know how. Uh, to just hey. and, and by the way, I do that too, James. It's it's a fantastic way to pray when you don't know, as mm-hmm. you just said, where do I start? How do I pray? And the Psalms are a great place. I personalize them. Yeah, I will put me in. I'll, I'll be the pronoun in the in <laughs> the uh, in the passage. Right. A lot of times, and personalize that so the prayer becomes a yeah. very personal prayer, not just the repetition of what David said or Asaph mm-hmm. said or one of the one of the psalmists. So, right. so I. Yeah. But that's a great way. You're yeah. exactly right, James. Yeah. You know, as you think of that, and I think about prayer and the things that we just talked about. For those of you that listen. Uh, I heard the word start there. So just start. If you are not praying today, we encourage you um, to begin praying. First and foremost, um, thinking through and and processing where you are personally, and then from there praying for the other things that are going on around us. And so guys, uh, wrap us up. Any last closing thoughts? Um, Pastor, start with you, and then James, you wrap us up, and then we'll be done. Well, I I would just say that uh, don't make prayer more complicated than it is. We, we, uh, we don't pray a lot of times because we feel like, who am I to be praying? And I don't know how to pray because maybe we've stereotyped what prayer is. Be reverent to God, but reverence doesn't mean my prayers are these and thous. I, it's fine if you use that, but prayer is conversation with God. It's a serious conversation with God. It's knowing who I am. It's knowing who He is and knowing that He hears me. He hears me. Good. You know, Robert Murray McShane, a great saint, died young. He was a missionary to American Indians, uh, but a great man of prayer. And he said this. He said, prayer is not the great work of God. If you just had that, you'd say, wow, that's not a very powerful <laughs> statement. But then he added this. He said, prayer is not the great work of God. Prayer is the greater work of God. Mm. And he said on another occasion, if you could pull back the veil of the world, he said, if we could just pull the veil of the world back, if you can pretend that there's a veil, he said, what we would find out is that much of the work of God is being accomplished by a small group of people on their knees praying that the world doesn't even know who they are. Prayer is a simple thing. Don't complicate it. Don't be afraid to talk to God, but enter into his courts with joy but know that he hears you and that you can talk to him and that's where prayer starts so how do you become proficient in prayer by praying yeah that's good i um 
Uh, he said it well, but I, I, I do want to read something. My wife, she uh, obviously she's been with us through this uh, time and whatnot, and uh, she sent something. She wanted me to read it to you, uh, and it says, Brother Ray, thank you. Thank you for always teaching and preaching God's word with passion and conviction to the body of Christ. Thank you for always challenging your flock to live their lives wholly committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for always demonstrating godly love in action. And particularly, uh, I want to thank you for giving James and I the opportunity to speak God's truth on such a sensitive and divisive issue. Our family is tremendously blessed to be a part of a church that takes the word of God seriously because it is modeled from the leadership of the church seriously. Thank you for always tackling hard truths that go against the grain of our contemporary culture in order for God's word to be made known. As so many opinions are playing out uh, on the matter of race, there is only one opinion that matters, and it's God's opinion. And he has already spoken on this matter. So thank you for trusting James and I to be conduits of his truth. You, Brother Ray, are loved and appreciated by us. Mm -hmm. For his glory alone, your sister in Christ, Chantel. Wow, I get to respond to that, don't I? You do, yeah. Wow. I'll say this, <laughs> Pastor, every time Chantel says something on podcast, whoever comes after her, it just is like, yeah. <laughs> I can't really wow. do it. I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, wow, thank you. First of all, Chantel, uh, that is such a, you're so kind. I hope I can always live up to that. Um, but uh, you guys are a blessing uh, to this uh, family and this congregation. And I knew a long time ago that I, I wanted you guys on, on this team and that I wanted James on this team from the, I don't know, James, uh, we began a mentoring relationship back yeah. five, six, seven mm -hmm. years ago, probably. Yeah. And I knew early on, I thought, this guy's got the stuff. And then I met you and I thought, man, what a champion. He, he, he mar married way over his head. Way up. Way and, over um, <laughs> But uh, you guys are just a blessing to this family. And thank you for those, those kind words. I don't know that I'm worthy of them, but I do thank you so much uh, for them. And just know that I am glad that God has a, a, a James on this team. Uh, James is such a blessing to our team because he laughs at everything. You can tell the worst uh, joke in the world, and James laughs, you know. And, I'm trying uh, not to laugh, and I, I still can't help can't, it, you know. I, you know, I always know this. I can tell something cheesy, and James is going to laugh about it, and which brings great encouragement to all of us. Uh, all of our staff knows that, but uh, you guys are a blessing to this family. This church loves you guys, and uh, thank you for the investment that you all have made. We love your, your guys, too. We love your basketball team that you, <laughs> you're, you're building, really. I mean, it, that's what I see. You're going to have your own team if y'all uh, keep going. But uh, we, love, we love your guys, and we love you, uh, you guys as well. So thank you again for those kind words. Well, guys, as we think about uh, what we've talked about today and really this entire conversation, James, that we've had over the last few weeks mm -hmm. about race in the kingdom, this conversation has been such a blessing, and we hope yeah. that it's been a blessing to those of you that are listening. And we do encourage you to center um, this um, thing, this, 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 this topic of race in what Scripture says. We've talked about seeing your identity in Christ and understanding that and, and moving along as we talked about Ephesians at the very beginning of, of that context of Scripture, allowing that to guide the way you view this. And so again, thanks for checking this out today. Thanks for listening. And we do encourage you as we do every time on the A2 Life podcast as we close, think about the mission that God has given us as a church of reaching the lost, building the believer, and connecting the people of God to the mission and purpose of God. And we ask these questions. Who are you reaching? 
Who is God putting your path to reach? How are you being built up to in turn build up others? And then lastly, what is God calling you to do? Where is he calling you to connect to his, to his mission and his purpose? And so we encourage you to live that out as a lifestyle every single day. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening and being a part of this podcast today with James Oney, the Minister of Education and Discipleship at Ridgecrest Baptist Church. Our desire through the A2 Life podcast is to equip and encourage people to fulfill the Great Commission by focusing on a lifestyle centered in Acts chapter 2. If you have more questions or desire to talk to someone more about making disciples and what that looks like here at Ridgecrest Baptist Church, you can reach out to our church office, email one of us. We would love to have those conversations with you in the days ahead. We look forward to more of what God's going to do as we focus on a life centered in Acts chapter 2.